Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghost of the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. I am Phil Sam. Thank you so very much for checking out this podcast, episode 39. Today, we are going to talk ghost hunting apps. Are they a legitimate paranormal investigating tool or just a bunch of crap that is only good for entertaining your friends at a party or keeping you from falling asleep on an investigation where there is not a lot of activity? That is the question we are going to tackle today. And also later on in the podcast, there's a new ghost hunting show that's coming out here soon. And I'm going to talk about that and whether I'm excited or going, oh boy, another one. So let's go ahead and get this podcast started. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. Before we get started, I recently came across this new podcast app because I'm an avid podcast listener just like you. And if you like Ghost in the Night, I know you're going to love this app and it's called Podcoin. Now, the really great thing about Podcoin, if you're listening to podcasts, you might as well get something out of it and they will actually pay you to listen to podcasts. You're doing it anyway, you might as well go ahead and get something out of it. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts and you earn Podcoin while you listen. Then you turn that Podcoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon, Starbucks, Target, or if you're a great person, like I know you are, you can even donate the pod coins to charity. I mean, how cool is that? The more you listen, the more you will earn. So, here's what you do. You download the app for your iPhone or Android, and I even have a special code for you. Simply use the code GHOST, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. So, go ahead and download the PodCoin app and use the promo code GHOST, like I just told you, and get 300 PodCoin and listen to all your favorite podcasts. I have switched and I am completely just using PodCoin for all my podcast listening needs. So head on over and try it out and let me know what you think. If you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know I don't put a lot of stock in some of the fancier equipment like the Ovulus, the SLS cameras. Yes, all that stuff makes it very interesting, but it doesn't put us any closer to proving the existence of the afterlife or the existence of ghosts or if we're actually communicating or interacting with the spirit world. Now, this episode, I want to devote entirely to the apps that you can download from either the iTunes Store or Android, Google Play, whatever, whatever type of device or smartphone you have, you can download ghost hunting apps. And These are even one step below some of the other stuff, in my opinion. Now, I'm not saying they're completely full of shit, but I will kind of go over my experience with them because I have put these to the test over the past six months in my investigation just kind of see 
what they do and if there is if they're legitimate or legitimate or if they're basically a bunch of hogwash so i've come to my decision and I, let me i should say i've also communicated and talked with people that do believe they are interacting with spirits 100% by using these apps i'm not saying they're wrong i'm just a little bit more of a hard sell when it comes to this cuz i'm more of a the basics when it comes to comes to investigating and when it comes to proving the existence or examining evidence or gathering evidence i you know i'm a personal experience kind of guy i want to experience that activity i want to see a light flicker i want to see something move i want to hear a knock i want to hear a disembodied voice i want to personally experience it when that happens when i can personally experience those things that is what makes me want to investigate the paranormal and also drives me to continue now i also love the digital recorders because you can always pick up stuff that you don't necessarily hear when you are doing an investigation you can pick up an evp that sometimes you is as clear as day and sometimes you know they're a little bit harder to find and the ones that are a little bit harder to find they do promote a little bit more of a problem because there could be some distortion that we're just trying to uh, connect some dots that aren't really there and we're hearing something that's not really there. But there, I've heard some class A EVPs where it was a little legitimate direct response to a question that was asked on the recorder. Now, when you're investigating and you get, you know, you're asking questions with a digital recorder and then you go back during the re- review process and you hear a intelligent response to a question you asked, you know, that moves me one step closer to actually saying there is legitimate activity at a location. Also, video documentation, still photo documentation, those are my big go-to, and that is what I take on every investigation. You can also throw in some EMF detectors, K2 meters. Now, I'm not, I know if you watch the shows, you know, I know you've seen the investigators on these shows use you know the k2 meter to you know try to communicate make it blink for yes don't blink for no okay that's fine and i've i've even done it but i think those type of pieces those type that type of equipment when it, when you're dealing with electromagnetic the electromagnetic field should really be used as baseline and for anomaly type situation you should always go through a location and get the baseline of where the EMF spikes are, where there's a lot of equipment, or where the furnace is, fuse box, because EMF can have an effect on us as humans. It can make us feel a little paranoid, make us feel like somebody's watching us, and you need to know those hot spots while while you're doing your investigation, because if you're in a hot spot and you don't know it, and you're kind of getting that creeped out feeling, and they, you know, you it just throws into question your entire investigation because you're basing it on what you're feeling. And if it's EMF causing it, then you know, you know, it kind of takes away from what you experienced there because probably you didn't really experience, you just thought you were experiencing. Now let's get to what I really want to talk about is these ghost apps. Like I said, I've used these for the past six months just to kind of fool around with them and, you know, to kind of see if they are legitimate or if they're just a bunch of hogwash. First, let's talk about the ghost um, radar. 
And I'm going to say that with, I have 100% certainty, this is completely full of shit. I mean, it's, you know, it basically looks like a radar. And as I'm talking about it, I'm also bringing them up on my phone because I want to let, you know, as we're going, if we get a response or something, I'll let you know. So this one, you know, has a creepy little picture. And then what looks like a radar that's going around. I could just be sitting here and it might not pop up now, but I've experimented on this at my house. Both There's two apps I really want to talk about today, this one and the ghost detector. I've been sitting at my house, which if you listen, you know I do have some activity, which I haven't had in a while, um, but I do have have experienced certain things. At, see, right now it's popping up. I have something to right behind me. Hmm. I don't think so. You know, my dog is right next to me sitting there looking at herself didn't even perk up so you know this is just throwing dots up this is if you want to use this as entertainment go by all means go right ahead and like i said it does have a it says evp and has evp levels so but this the ghost radar is crap crapola don't even waste your time unless you just want to make fun of it and mock it by all means go go right ahead because that's about the only thing this hunk of shit is good for now let me take get out of this now the one i really want to talk about is the ghost detector this has an emf detector on it apparently and so i got it i have it up and running now i've when it comes to emf meters and stuff like that i'm your phone cannot detect enough change to use it as an emf detector because in this app right here is it says it's detecting emf or fluctuations in the, uh, let me even read it, EMF presence detector. The EMF meter are instruments that reads the fluctuation of electromagnetic field. This detector is a combination of different EMF meters and uses triple axis direction. It will detect fluctuations and anomalies in the electromagnetic field using various sensors like the magnometer built into your device. Great works in theory. But as a test... Before I started recording today, and I had done this in the past, I took the phone, started the app, and naturally I was focusing on EMF. I went to appliances to see if I could see any spikes, nothing. I took it to the actual fuse box where it literally should have went off the charts, did not even move a fraction. It was it didn't read any change in the magnetic field. But you, if you've taken an, a legitimate EMF detector to a fuse box, you know for a fact that thing will start spiking. And any kind of electrical device emits EMF. This does not detect any EMF whatsoever. So like I said, I got this up and running, and it looks like I'm about ready to get a word. Uh-oh. Because the EMF's going crazy, the little... Oh. Ooh, I got hello. Huh. Maybe a spirit trying to con- contact me and say hello. I seriously doubt it. Well, let's try to have a conversation with it just for argument's sake, which I'm not having a conversation with a spirit. This is bullshit. I honestly think this is just a random word generator. In my experience that I've used it, well, let me ask, a, let me ask this so-called spirit a question. Can you tell me why you're here? Okay, now let's get back to topic at hand uh i've used this on multiple investigations like i said over the past six months 
Um, I've seen people use it and they swear by it. I've talked to, like I said, I talked to several people. I've interviewed people for this podcast that said they've had legitimate conversations with something through these apps, this app. But in my experience in every investigation that I had or that I've used it on, yes, I've gotten a few responses that were very, they weren't random. They were, you know, they could be somewhat connected to the what I was asking or doing during that portion of the investigation. Like, for instance, when um, we were at uh, the Haunted Tunnels here in Ohio, I believe it was Moonville Tunnel, and I think this was a diff- wasn't actual Moonville Tunnel, it was another tunnel we went to. Um, we heard, a, I had to app run, and we heard kind of a weird, I don't want to say knock, but a weird noise from inside the tunnel, and it was above us. It wasn't a critter, it wasn't a, an animal of any sort, but I looked down at the phone where I was running the app. I had my recorder in one hand, and the phone was kind of just sitting there, and it said, above. Okay, yes, that is relevant to what happened, Um, but, I mean, I can't say, oh, got another response, nerve. I asked, why were you here? I believe, hell, I don't even remember what I asked now. Nerve. Okay, see, that is what, that's just a random word that just pops up. Now, apparently these phones have a word bank in the spirits can, kind of works like an ovulus, I guess. I don't know, I'm not a scientist, I'm not an engineer. I, I just know they have a word bank. Supposedly, the spirits can use these word banks to communicate. I'm not even big on the ovulus. Like I said, if a spirit wants to communicate with me, let's just do it through the EVP, or better yet, whisper it in my ear to where I can actually hear you. But this, I've had this thing. Ooh, another one, Lily. Ooh, name, great, Lily. See, it's just throwing out random words. Amazing, I'm going to even quit looking at this. Um, But like I said, I have had a few situations or a few occurrences where it has seemed somewhat legitimate or had some relevance to what we were doing. Like the tunnel incident, it said above, we heard a noise from above. Okay, that was, that's legitimate. But most of the time, it was just spitting out random crap. Uh, another investigation that I used it was at Thornhaven Manor. You know, and if you heard my, I wasn't very impressed with Thornhaven Manor outside of there's got a little bit of activity in the basement, but the rest of the place was dead. I was frustrated with that particular location, and because of the activity that had been reported, it's been on, you know, sev- several ghost shows, uh, you know, ghost ventures I know have been there. I think there's been a few others to be there, but that I just wasn't very, the place let me down. And that's par for the course. You know, I, not every night can be an award winner, and I get that, and I'm okay with that. But that night, it was, we had it up and running, and we were kind of definitely playing with it because then we weren't getting anything anyway, so we were just kind of having fun with that. And we did get some ghost-related type responses. We got demon, we got spirit, we got ghost, you know, come across. Okay, yes, it's somewhat relevant, but these are just word generators. And with today's technology, anybody that has an Alexa from Amazon or whatever, you know, they're listening to you. What's to say this phone isn't listening or this app isn't listening to you or 
reading your info and just picking out things that might be relevant to you and enable you to make a connection. That's very possible. I mean, because this thing's going crazy. It's throwing off harvest now. and, and I'm very, It's kind of weird because generally it does not, isn't this active in most situations. You could go, you know, long periods of time without getting a word. And we've gotten, let's see, six words all right. We got hello, fast, lily, good harvest, nerve. But that is... You know, you have to take these with a grain of salt. I'm not going to sit here and say if you have success with them, I might be wrong. I, But I'm not going to use this to validate or prove existence of spirits or if a location is haunted. I just can't do it. I was talking to somebody, or I was actually on an investigation with somebody that was using one. I won't say the location. It was a private investigation. And they were using it. And they actually, it was the first time I've ever saw it used. It was, I didn't even download it at that point. To them, they would get some very credible information or responses. Uh, just for argument's sake, I'll kind of share one story. He got divorce, I believe was the word he got. And the people that took care of that place had re- recently got a divorce. Now, divorce is a fairly common word, and that could have just been a random word that he connected the dots and it sold him on the app. That won't stand up in my court of law, essentially, when I come when it comes to evidence. I'm not I'm not 100% sold on the spirit boxes either, because they are picking up radio frequencies. Fr- radio frequencies. Now, yes. They can, you know, you can plan backwards, which makes should make it that much harder to get a word uh, that you can actually make out. And you, I've heard words, but I think most of those devices, and I, I view, I'm a proponent of the uh, spirit boxes because I think it's they're much better than the ghost apps. But you still have to be careful with confirmation bias. You're you know, you might be hearing things that you aren't actually there. Your just brain's telling you that you're hearing it from some kind of crackle or something. When you're using that particular device, you definitely have to get confirmation from others that are on the investigation or using it with you. Make sure, you know, you're hearing the same thing. But I, it's still not 100% proof of you are interacting with the spirit. That's very possible. And I'm not saying it's not. And I like those type of investigations when you are getting a lot of interaction on a spirit box that is legitimate. I've, you know, it's still, I'm, I think they are, they can be very useful. And there are occasions when you might be contacting the other side. But the tricky part with that device is you have to decipher between what is, legitimate and what might just be a word like i always go by the rule i was we were at uh scott's the scott county museum and we were using the the s box from we were using the s box and we were you know doing a session with the spirit box we were getting some interesting responses and that was one 
session that was really stood out to me that, you know, this could be, we are most, I think we are interacting with something here. And that's mainly because, you know, we were getting intelligent responses and also what I do love when I'm using one of these devices, when you, you get a word that you should definitely not hear over radio waves. We were doing a session and all of a sudden the word fuck just comes out of the spirit box. Now, that is not going you're not going to hear that on radio waves mainly because if it's coming from a radio station, there's a delay, they beep it and you won't hear it. So that tends now that tends to push me a little bit closer to saying, saying okay, we are experiencing something here. Now that's not to say that something we it could be picking up a frequency of something else, a walkie-talkie storm, I don't know, but it's those type of events move you closer to the actual finding somewhat of an answer to the question of are we interacting with the spirit world. But as for the apps, hey, use them for your entertainment. I will personally probably still use them just when I'm at a location that is dead. We're not getting anything in way of activity. I'll use it just to amuse myself. But I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I got this word when to prove that I was interacting with the spirit. I'm just not going to do it because you probably weren't. It's just spitting out random freaking words for me anyway. You know, if you have the right to disagree with me, and I hope you do disagree with me, let me know. Um, be sure to connect with me on Twitter at night underscore ghost. Send me a direct message. If you've used these, and I've, like I said, I've talked to people who have used these and said they are actually like having a conversation. But generally, maybe this, the person that I'm thinking of, they do have some psychic ability. They're getting in touch with their psychic ability. So that could be them drawing out the spirit and maybe... And they might have better use or better luck with that device than some just random Joe using the app. That's a possibility. I don't know. It's I just don't. I'm not going to use this as proof. And I will never use it as proof. You will never hear me on this podcast say, I have proof of the paranormal because this ghost app said, yes, there are spirits. It's not going to happen. I've always said when you're using equipment, just one piece of equipment going off does not prove anything. But when you have an experience and it's caught with an EMF detector or on infra, infrared or a FLIR camera or something, and you have multiple devices picking up something at the same time that goes along with what you're experiencing or hearing a noise, or if you mark the time and you hear, pick up an EVP at the same time as a REM pod goes off or the same time, if you are fortunate enough to have an SLS camera, I'm not paying that much money for to look at stick figures. It's just not happening. But if you see a shadow person or take a picture that has a time step on it and you get a EVP about the same time or whenever you get a spike in EMF field or whatever, K2 goes off, having an occurrence that is documented and having several different things go off puts you that much closer and that is more of a legitimate response. Like, I forget what I was watching. It might have been something on YouTube. But I was watching it, and basically they were at a, I don't know what it was, Haunted Church or something, something to that effect. I should have, I just didn't really plan on talking about this. It just kind of came to my head. But they were doing an investigation, 
and the door started closing. They actually caught the door closing, and the camera was actually on it the whole time. I didn't see any cuts, but it just the camera was a static camera focused on the door, and you could hear them talking right off camera, and they were asking questions, and they had a REM pod set up right by the door. And as that door, or it wasn't right by the door, it was to the side of the door, I should say, if I'm, I think to the left side of the door. But as that door started to close, all of a sudden, the REM pod started going off. Now, I don't think it was because the door was breaking that field that the REM pod, I don't think it was, wasn't close enough. It didn't look, it's hard to tell by just watching, but it didn't look like it was close enough for that, to break that field because as soon as the door started closing, it started going off almost simultaneously. As the door closed, it started going off, and then the door closed, it went, off, it stopped going off. So things like that. Now, is that 100% proof that a spirit opened that door or closed that door? No, but it lends a little bit more credibility than just seeing a door shut. Now, I wasn't there, so I don't know what the ventilation was. I don't know if the wind was. That makes it a little bit more interesting. interesting. So when I'm doing an investigation, I'm using multiple pieces of equipment, and I want to document an occurrence on multiple pieces of equipment. That is the best way to do it because just one experience doesn't prove anything. As for personal experiences, now listen, if I experience something, I've experienced a bunch of stuff in my own home and on investigations, but they're personal experiences. I can't prove them. If you remember if you remember when I talked about the dollhouse there in uh, Indiana, there was one room in there. I just, you know, I'm not skittish. I don't get too crazy when it comes to or too spooked out. I mean, I've been in some dark places, creepy places, and I don't get too spooked out. But this room, when I first walked in the room, lights were on. We were just, weren't even investigating yet. I think we were getting a tour. I just was uncomfortable in that room. Now, my first thought was, okay, there's got to be some, this room has to, well, the, yeah, it was during the kind of the walkthrough. They, they were kind of telling the stories. But I just noticed in that room, I felt uncomfortable. I didn't want to be in that room. But I'm thinking to myself, okay, this could be just be an EMF situation where I'm getting hit by, I'm bombarded by some EMF or some something to that effect, or maybe even some sound waves. But nobody else really was feeling it. It was just affecting me. So later on that night, during when we actually started to do the investigation, fired up the K2 meter, went all around the room, and nothing, no spikes of any kind half the most of the time it wasn't even lit up outside of green it was just never never fluctuated off that so i can't say that was emf it, it wasn't emf unless there was something outside the house beaming in at me but i just was uncomfortable in that room after the uh, walkthrough was over and they had left and we were getting ready to start setting up for the investigation i said i don't like being in this room i don't know what it is that is a personal experience I had, but I'm not going to say it's the existence of a spirit interacting with me. It could have been, but there was nothing for me to back it up. It was just a personal experience that I had. It could have just been my mind playing tricks on me because there were some creepy dolls in the room. That's always a possibility. The environment and your surroundings can have an effect on your mental state and cause you to feel that way sometimes. I haven't had that. That was the only time I've ever had the feeling on an investigation that, ooh, I don't, ooh, I don't know. I don't think I want to be here. That was the only time. And I've been in some really 
haunted places I've, you know, I was at Rawls Opera House where the lights started flickering. Didn't creep me out. I never got that flight mentality on any of those situations. I'm okay with going upstairs in, you know, the balcony or whatever by myself or going sitting in the auditorium by myself. I don't get too creeped out, but that was just one occurrence of where I did get pretty damn creeped out with the lights on, with a bunch of people in a tiny little room. I don't know what it was. It's paranormal because I have no idea what caused me to feel that way or react that way. But was it a spirit? Maybe. I hope it was. But I can't prove it. Now, if I would have been in that situation and had, like, say, a EMF meter or something, a millimeter or something, where I, I'm feeling this, and I know we don't have any kind of a high EMF field, and all of a sudden the EMF spikes, and I'm feeling this. Okay, that could be something paranormal, just for the mere fact. There's not a hot spot here. There should be no reason for it to spike like that, or the temperature change, or whatever. It still could be sound waves, but that lends a me. If I would have had something there to document some other change, whether it be a REM pod going off, or if I would have had a, I didn't have a recorder going at that time because it's just a walk around. But if I would have caught something on video or the digital recorder, that would be a little bit more interesting for me, and I would be more comfortable saying, okay, it was something closer to a spirit or a ghost interacting with me rather than just a feeling. But those personal feelings or those personal experiences are so very important when it comes to investigating because that is what leads you to the next spot um if you're on if i'm on an investigation and i kind of i go with my gut if i'm a place a room or an area maybe twin makes me twinge a little bit okay i'm going to go to that just like you know i was at one investigation where we there was we had some people there that you know kind of could psychic medium type people they had some extra abilities they could you know sense spirits and they, the person said, there's a upstairs attic area, and the person said, the spirit is upstairs, and he doesn't want to go, wants to go up there. My first response is, let's take our asses up there, let's go. Because that, you won't need to go where the action is. And I kind of go with what I, my gut in those situations. If there's a room or a particular area or a per- particular part of the building that kind of makes me a little uneasy, then definitely I will go to that area and try to stir something up or see what I can catch. But I'm definitely not not going to take an app for the phone. I'll take my phone for another for other reasons, maybe to live stream it, I don't know, or for a second camera or a second digital record, but not for these wonderful ghost apps. This thing's been going off. I Actually, I've never seen it go off this much all of them, what, a half hour or so, or 20 minutes or so that I've been doing this. I mean, wow, we've got Gavin, Pole, Paula, Game, Poor, Planet, Room, Feet, Hours, Random, I mean, it's going off, let's see if, ooh, it gives you the time, let's see, one minute, minute apart, so almost a minute to two minutes apart each and every time. That's not random. That's throwing out words 
at a set point. I mean, it's almost to the minute. I'm recording this about 8 o'clock at night. So one came uh, 8.04. I'm sorry. Hours came across at 8.04.13. Feet came across at 8.05.12. Room came across at 8.06.12. Planet came across at 8.07.17. And pour came off at 8.08.37. Oh, Gracie just popped off too. And it is currently 8.18. So it is very active tonight. But it's random shit that nobody cares about. And I'm not buying any of it. I could be wrong. I reserve that right to be wrong. If you think I'm wrong, let me know. If you live by these things, let me know. But back it up with evidence. Or at least an experience. Like, that's right. Just like Annie McColt few episodes ago she uses you know an app like this and you know she has a lot of success with them just for me but i think her ability helps her out a lot more and maybe enables a spirit to actually interact a little bit better maybe through the device i won't i will say that's a possibility if you have kind of more of a psychic ability maybe a spirit can you know communicate through this a little bit better rather than me who doesn't have any psychic ability and just getting a bunch of random bullshit. Hmm. It's interesting. I'm turning it off because frankly it's annoying the shit out of me at this point. But, you know, use them for what it's worth. I use them for entertainment purposes if I'm bored out of my mind on an investigation or at home if nothing's on television and, you know, Ghost Adventures is getting a little boring because Zach's not possessed. I'll put this on and maybe see what random bull crap it spits out at me. Okay, next I want to talk about there's a new ghost hunting show coming to Travel Channel. You know I don't am not a huge fan of a lot of these ghost or ghost hunting shows, um, but I will say with when it comes to ghost hunting shows, I like the original. I like Ghost Hunters because they are they really weren't that explorative. Um nobody I don't I might be wrong, but I don't believe anybody got possessed on Ghosted or Ghost Hunters. I don't think so. And they did several investigations. They did two generally I guess two investigations per episode, except for maybe a random they just did one. But there was times they didn't find anything. They threw out more evidence than most shows do, or at least most shows these days don't throw out evidence because they're not even showing you the uh, non, the times of non-activity. I like ghost or ghost hunters when you know they do the review. Um, what and you you know you see them reviewing, they cover that, and you know they ask here, listen to this. Uh, that's nothing. Uh, no, that's, you know, they debunk it right there. They did legitimate debunking. Um, and I like that because that's closer to what paranormal investigation really is. Not some of this other stuff where they're just giving you the goods, essentially, whether they be actual legitimate or maybe they're bending it to their, make it seem a little bit more paranormal than it really is. But Travel Channel's got a new show and Apparently, it's going to have Jason Hall's 
Tango and good old Steve Gonzalez from Ghost Hunters. And it's called Ghost Nation. Now, as long I, I'll give this a shot, definitely. I, you know, I, I think it would, it, it can't be any worse than some of the other crap that's out there right now. Um, if they kind of keep the same mentality as what they had before, where they were made it a little bit more like what paranormal investigating is, not what we've grown accustomed to over the last couple of years with these other shows where it's all, everything's hotspot, everything's super active, everything's a demon. Um, I'm okay with, you know, seeing the debunking portion of the show. I find that just as interesting as, you know, finding the act or hearing the activity or them pointing out the activity or seeing things move and it's saying, oh, I don't, that's paranormal. I don't know what caused that. That's great. But if they can prove it or prove something caused that to happen or debunk it in any way, I'm just as happy with that as I am on the other, because that is what you have to do when you're on a paranormal investigation. Your first, man, your first job when something happens is to try and debunk it. If you immediately jump to a ghost did that, then you're in the wrong business. And you're going to find a lot of haunted houses, a lot of haunted buildings, because you're going to find what you're looking for. If everything's a ghost, you're not doing yourself any favors. You need to have, I don't care if you take a picture and you get a full body aberration. You need to try to replicate that. And if you can't, then maybe you got something there. But the first job of any investigator, when they go out and investigate and they come across or experience something, is to try and debunk it. Find the reason for it. And if you can't find a reason for it, then maybe you definitely found something paranormal, but maybe you actually were in it, got some spirit interaction. And I hope that is what this show does. If they kind of keep to true form. I mean, I like all three of those. All three of those guys. I mean, I don't agree with everything they do or have done when it comes to investigating. But compared to the whack jobs we have right now on the old television on Travel Channel, I mean, not saying that all of them are horrible. But everybody's caught up on the spirit part of it. The debunking part of it is just as important. Proving that something isn't paranormal makes it easier to focus on the paranormal. If you have a house with a hundred different claims, the more of those you can debunk hones you in and gets you closer to finding out or getting some clarity on what is paranormal. So that is what I hope this show does. Um, the way it sounds that they are going to do that, you know, they're going to try to debunk more from what I've read and focus on the debunking part of it. I hope so. And I believe that's going to drop probably the latter part of this year, so probably October, October-ish in 2019. You know, so I'll be, I'll be waiting and hopefully I will give it a shot and hopefully I will like it and hopefully everybody else will so we can maybe get some of this other 
paranormal crap off the airways. So that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Ghost of the Night. Thank you so much for listening to, I believe, episode 39 of Ghost of the Night. If you have a comment, be sure to head on over to ghostinthenightpodcast.com to the show note page of any episode or this episode. Leave us a comment. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Leave us a review on however you take in this podcast. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at night underscore ghost. That is really where I'm most active and where I'm at most often. But be sure to check us out there and follow us and let me know what you think. Don't forget, you can also get podcast t-shirts at the uh, website, ghostinthenightpodcast.com. And if you're on Twitter, you every now and then I'll post something on it. Post something about the Paranormal Podcast t-shirts. Let me know. Always, You can always just send me a direct message and I'll tell you right where to go. I'll respond. Um, but we are definitely growing. We are, downloads are going up for the podcast. Thank you so very much. We are doubling our downloads every week. I am grateful. I am honored. And I'm humbled by it. Thank you so very much. So follow us. Review us, like us, and if you don't like us, you can re- give us a review there too. Let me know what you don't like about the podcast. So, until next week, take care, everybody. Bye.